Hello there. So I'm back with the next part of the James Bond review series. I'm reviewing uh, Thunderball now, which was the fourth film uh, against Dillshut starring Sean Connery. And interesting, this uh, film was, the thing about this film was this was the uh, biggest ticket seller for over 40 years. For as the as the biggest the one that sold the most tickets, like adjusted for inflation, Thunderball was the biggest one until Skyfall came out in twenty twelve. It's quite remarkable. So I think a lot of that came across because of Goldfinger is considered an absolute died in the road stone cold classic, and of course the 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 love, the goodwill, and the hype from that would have carried on to this film and actually helped boost its box office, and that's that's probably where it came from. I will say this. It never scales the heights of Goldfinger. I like Thunderball. I watched it for the first time a few days ago. I've never actually seen it right the way through. I'd seen little bits of it and knew of bits of it. But it never scaled those heights. Goldfinger is that undisputed classic. However, Thunderball is fun. It's enjoyable. Usual plot shenanigans here. It's about Bond's trying to take, down, uh, take on Spectre who have intercepted some nuclear weapons. Some bollocks like that. The plot doesn't really matter in that sense, but the film itself is a lot of fun. This, uh, like the opening, the opening uh, pre-title sequence is great, works really well. Tom Jones' Thunderball song, good song. It's got all the, the it's it's just a classic Bond film in many ways. The, the way the, the music swells and everything, uh, it's what you would expect. This was obviously one of the early ones, but you know the formula was already getting in with how, the, how you expect the songs to go and things like that. And the formula was starting to set in that Goldfinger really set the precedent for uh, before this. I'd say this film is enjoyable, but one thing is, when you watch a film like this in the post-Austin Powers world, that's, I can now see where some of the parodies came from. Now, I was, it was funny watching this film. You can see, oh, that's what they were parodying in Austin Powers. That little couple of moments there, right down to the number two, guy actually being called number two and having a patch. <laughs> you can help but think of Robert Wagner and of course Rob Lowe as well with that. So there you go. And there was one moment where I'm just like, yep, that was from Austin Powers. <laughs> so that's sometimes a funny thing when you go back and watch these things if you've seen Austin Powers first as well. That's sometimes a funny thing about this. But, you know, the film though has some really, really good moments. I would say this doesn't live up to the previous three films. It's not as good as the other ones. However, it's still good. There's still a lot of goodwill here. And it goes along at a really good pace as well. The pacing's mostly really good for this film. Um, and, well, enjoyable action scenes as well. I've got to say, like I said, the opening scene is great. And a really exciting final third as well. One small flaw is the way they've got a speedboat chase, sort of really ramped up, speeded up. It's comical, and I don't think, and it's unintentionally comical. I was half expecting Ben. All, all that was missing here was the Benny Hill music. That's all I was saying with that. But whatever, I dig this. I know it's a different time this film's from, but to be fair, you know, they can make King Kong look good from the thirties in black and white. So sometimes, if something looks like shit in the sixties, there's not always an excuse. You know, that's what I'm saying. And there wasn't anything any glaring technological errors in the first three films, so just saying. They, 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 if you can't make it look good, don't do it at all. But <laughs> but it's a minor niggle, because actually the finale's pretty exciting. It's an enjoyable film, though. doesn't live up to the first three Connery Bones, but it's still fun and enjoyable. still gets a thumbs up. And, of course, we start to hear from 
uh, Blofeld as well for the first time. He's still an off-screen presence at this point. Well, uh, mostly off-screen. You don't see his face yet. So, yeah, there you go. So Thunderbolt is fun. I do think it it had that distinction of being the biggest grossing or the uh, the one that sold the most tickets adjusted for inflation for so long, for over 40 years, mainly because of the goodwill from Goldfinger. Everyone loved Goldfinger, so that you often see a knock-on effect. If a film is beloved, then its sequel does even better. You can see from the likes of the most successful Matrix film financially is The Matrix Reloaded, and that's a knock-on effect because the first Matrix was so loved. But then after that, the third one didn't do anywhere near as well, so... There you go. And there was a bit of a drop-off, I believe, after this as well in terms of the box office. But it is what it is. It happens. There you go. Oh, that's it's a tale as old as time with that. So, there you go. Thunderbolt, though, definitely. I watched it for the first time a few days ago, and I liked it. Glad i finally seen it and enjoyed it. The thumbs up. So, there you go. Uh, coming up next, uh, probably tomorrow, I'll be reviewing the next Connery film, You Only Love Twice. Look forward to that. So, thank you ever so much for taking the time to listen. And goodbye.